Hi. Hi, Langa. Hi. How are you? Hi, Hilda. How are you? I'm good. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes, Langa. Um, we had an amazing episode last week, and one of the feedback we got was how to find yourself as an African black woman. And I just thought, ah, oh, who best to get than Langa? Because, you know, you've done a lot of transitions along the way from living in Zim to the UK, back to Zim, being in a pageant and now doing your own business. So it's like, oh, Langa would be so good for this. So thank you for joining us, Langa. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so excited. Maybe we can just start by you telling us who Langa is. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Langa is a very tall individual. <laughs> <laughs> tall, beautiful individual. <laughs> yes. Actually, I always say to people, I, um, I, I call myself a rural girl. Because uh, I was born in Kezi in Matebeleland South, a semi, semi-arid region. I come from humble beginnings from a father who was a, an agriculture officer, a stay-at-home mom. But I love that rural setting because I think it set the base for who I am and what I'm about even up to now. Whether I've traveled, whether I've stayed at home, that base gives me my true sense. Um, I think understanding where we come from and where we started is what makes sense to me. So when someone says, who is Langa? (laughs) I always say I'm a rural girl from Kezi with um, a very basic background, but who has managed to travel, live abroad, come home and still remain grounded. And I think that comes from being that true African. I've never tried to be anything but um, an African mm-hmm. girl, and I'm proud of it. Ah, thanks, Langa. Okay. And in terms of your um, agriculture, not agriculture, sorry, educational qualifications. Okay. Um, I'm a true believer that through education, you can. Uh, break barriers and stand your ground. That's one thing that my mom and dad preached about. So um, I started my primary school back in Kezi, and then we only moved to Bulawayo due to the war. Um, and then I, start, I did my primary and high school in Bulawayo, and then I moved to Harare and I got to the University of Zimbabwe, where I, I studied uh, politi- political science and administration. So I have an honors degree in that. I actually wanted to be a lawyer. I thought I could stand an argument, <laughs> but then I didn't get enough points to do law. So I ended up doing a political science, which when I look back, Maybe it wasn't a bad uh, option after all, because it didn't limit me to be just doing law or in one field, because political science seemed to have opened doors for me in different ways. And um, my father always believed that if you have that education, no one can take it away from you. Uh, And it's true. uh, With education, you actually can be seen as somebody. You did mention pageants and things. I always felt 
are some respect from other people because I had a degree. Because during that time, of course, modeling was looked at as for those that are not so smart, which I absolutely disagree with. But that was the notion. Um, so yeah, it, it, that's my qualification in terms of uh, education. One day I'll get into politics. Who knows? Yeah, we're keeping that door open for sure, Langa. <laughs> we need more politicians like you. More women politicians, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And the world is going that way, you know. Ambassadors, exactly. prime ministers, <clears throat> presidents around the world, they are women. So we are moving towards that. So when you're saying your degree opened up opportunities for you, because, yeah, political... um. How how so? Please can you just elaborate on that because um, I do believe a lot of people are doing um, degrees that might not be applicable anymore these days. So maybe if you can shed a light on that, on how you use that degree of yours to your advantage. Okay. One, I can stand um, my, my, my ground when it comes to talking about politics to start off with. I understand politics the best way I can. So that one is on gives you a good argument. You can relate to people differently. You can understand what's going on within your country differently or within the world because you are politically aware. There's a lot of people in this world who are just political, look unaware. They don't even know what affects them because they are not understanding and I can. And within the political science, I was able to do subjects like um, constitutional law. I was able to do subjects like enterprise uh, business and a lot, a lot of little subjects that were there that were optionals are the ones that sometimes I look back, social psychology, I did social anthropology, you know, all those subjects are, are, are subjects that I'm still using, the meta in there I'm still using in my day-to-day -day life because that is what we do. And in business, to be able to continue doing what you do, you need to have some social skills. You need to understand people that you work with. You need to understand your surroundings. And the subjects I did absolutely gave me that base, gave me that understanding to be able to appreciate certain situations better than I would have had I not been exposed to those. Oh, wow. And then, Langa, I know you did. At what point did you then do your pageants? Like, were you a student at the UZ during the same time, or was it after? <laughs> for me modeling was never something that I dreamt of if I'm being mm. honest but I do remember when I was about 16 at the International Trade Fair in Bulawayo or 15 when this uh, gentleman kind of spoke to me and, and it was an Italian man who said I should do modeling spoke a bit to my dad but of course my father didn't want to know because it was all about education, education and more education in my family yeah. so okay. when when I was at university, it, they, there was a time when it came into my mind that at some point I will have to go for interviews, uh, looking for a job, and, and yet I couldn't even walk confidently because I was this super awkwardly gangly I was a tomboy of not and you know, so I, I needed something to boost my confidence or rather to accept who I am. 
and modeling came into my mind because I knew I did look like a model, but I didn't have the confidence of, of a model. So I went to a, a, a modeling agency and joined thinking they'll boost my confidence. I'll be able to wear a skirt and heels and be confident. And while I was there, the agents just fell in love with me and they just wanted me to do more and more and so that was my third year at university because my father said to me, I think you're old enough to prioritize what's important. While you are doing that, don't forget why you are at the University of Zimbabwe. You've got to come up with your come out with your degree. So I knew I had to do that, but I had his approval at least. And then um one thing led from uh, one thing led to another. I entered supermodel, which I didn't win, but I had such special mention. Um, and then I got a contract to model in South Africa. And then when one day I was back in Zimbabwe, and then I joined Miss Universe Zimbabwe as a just a passing by kind of moment, not even thinking that I would win. So when I did win, I knew I had to you know, embrace the title and enjoy it. And don't forget modeling is not as glamorous as <laughs> as we really think. It's, it's, it's really a tough um, environment because the competition is fierce. Um, some people are there and that's all they are and that's all they think about. I always knew that modeling wasn't going to be um, something for me that I will do for the rest of my life, for example, because it's short career. There's always someone more beautiful, more, I mean, you know, more exciting, someone younger. younger. There's always, yes, there's always going to mm. be someone better than you. So you need to have something that you can fall back on. <clears throat> and yeah, so modeling was exciting as it was. It gave me confidence. That whole world of frills and makeup was so far removed from my world, from a girl from Kezi, for example. A tomboy, not because I wanted to be a tomboy. I think it was brought to me because everyone kept on looking at me going, he is so cute or, oh, look at... <laughs> so I became like, I'm not a he, but you know how it's like, you are, you are 14, you are 15, and you are getting all this attention, which to me was negative because it made me lose confidence in, in the beauty that I had because I never saw it as beauty. I started seeing it as a bad thing, this tall and skinny. I didn't appreciate it. It took a while for me to have that acceptance and, and started to enjoy this God-given talent as far as I'm concerned because I didn't decide to be the person I am. So, yeah, it, it was fascinating times to try and get from that tomboy to a girl to a woman. It's always been a journey. It's always been a journey for me. Yeah, I, I love how you actually speak on rural girl becoming a woman from... ...the transition. I don't, you know, when people are talking of how you actually end up becoming yourself. Yes. Um, you know, it's a whole process, like you're saying, growing up rural, then you went to Bloyo, then you moved to Harare, South Africa, and you're just continuously evolving. But how has that modeling um, also, like, helped your journey, I suppose? Has it opened up more doors? I know someone like Basetsana Kumalo, I know, I think that opened up a lot of doors for her because she's known for like being Miss South Africa and almost Miss World, I think. Yes. Um, 
And I think South Africa is still quite big in terms of their Miss Universe or Miss World that just continuously opens doors. I don't know how different it is for Zim now. I don't follow Zimbabwe, unfortunately. But um, yeah, so I wouldn't, I don't want to comment on it really. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know, you've just said it. If you are not following the Zimbabwean uh, pageants or or modeling, it shows that there's something lacking within the industry because you would be aware if we are talking about just across the border about Basetsane, actually Basetsane was Miss South Africa I think 94 and we still talk about her and it's all because as a country South Africa does support these uh, pageants they they take them seriously because it does become a career for a lot of people. Yes for me whatever I want wasn't much but what I remember thinking even when I was on the Miss Miss Universe stage was, yes, I'm a girl from Kese, but here I am representing my country with all the little that I had, but it didn't stop me other countries. It didn't stop me talking about my country the best way possible. I was very proud of raising that flag. And it did open the doors that were big enough for me for the levels mm. where Zimbabwe was. I mean, I started my first business, well, not my first business particularly, but my my business when I was um, Miss uh, Miss Universe Zimbabwe, I was able to start a designing uh, business and I was designing clothes and I had a retail shop, all from that. And and I used that popularity or that fame or that being known to, for, to my advantage and created a brand that I wanted, you know, to share with the world and my creativity. And in fact, I actually won, uh, I think I was the first black person to win Rothman's Designer of the Year back in the in the 90s. So it, it did open doors for me and the judges were international judges as well. So it showed it wasn't biased towards me being who I was. But my first business, I was well, 15 actually. So I've always known that business is something that I enjoyed. So tech, using my name was always going to be something I was going to try and use. And even doing certain things that were selfless during my reign and after, I valued them a lot. And I only did them because of who I was, being uh, launching the child sponsorship program with World Vision, you know, going out there, meeting rural women who um, we had nothing but, you know, just to meet them and learn from them and encourage them by being who I was. I think, yes, I may not have become a Basetane in that level, but for the country, for what I was, I think I did extremely well and I used my title for the best I could at the time. And don't don't forget there was no social media as well. <laughs> no, so, but... yeah, actually, actually, I wanted to even bring hmm. up um, the negative perception now. I guess yes. during your time, Langa, there was no social media, there was no Facebook. But then now the negative perception that models have with how social media perceives them, what do you think of that? I actually um, think it works both ways because I think social media has enhanced some 
uh, people in that industry for the better. And of course, it has had negative impact, but I think it's because some people are misusing this digital tool. It's amazing that we have the social media, Facebooks, Instagram, which we should utilize for the best. But I think sometimes, yes, there is that misuse. But also, there's also um, this thing that whenever someone becomes a Miss Zimbabwe or in the, in the modeling industry, especially here in Zimbabwe, there's always going to be someone who's going to bring a story about them. Mm. And, mm. And, and, and sometimes mm. it's an unnecessary vindictive stories that people are bringing up. Yes, they may have happened. We all have flaws and we, we, we are not perfect in any way. So we may have made mistakes when we we're younger or before that. And sometimes some people do it deliberately because they want to gain fame, whether it's a good, some people say whether it's bad or good publicity, as long as it's publicity. So it's difficult to really know which way to go. For me personally, I know, yes, there was no social media. We were just popular in our own circles by just being on the TV or in the, newspaper, <laughs> or in the newspapers, um, the Sun's Mail or something. But the fact is, we still needed to do without that destruction. And I think for us as well, during my time, they just happened to be... Um, I can't say an influx, but there was a lot of models at the time that were at the University of Zimbabwe. So for yeah. me, I think that was also a sign that started because right now, most of these girls who are modeling or in the beauty pageants are actually having degrees from universities around the country. So it shows that that notion that is not for the smart is also kinder passed by because we are we, we started that and there were a few of us at the university and it showed that you can do other things whether you are academically inclined you can still have something that you enjoy by using your talent whether it's sports whether it's modeling you can so with nowadays with the social media you can use it to your advantage actually and and drive your name out there in all the good aspects and like you say you transition from that to a business person you can do that and you can do that through social media it's not all that negative you know like i you know i i can't believe people associate uh, models or pageants with dumb people because some of the questions they get asked on that stage they're really not that simple to ask because sometimes when i get asked like how do you want to change the world? I don't even have an answer for that. So <laughs> I do <laughs> we need to, to stop believing that they're dumb, honestly speaking. Um, it's, it's a bit unfair. But maybe now, because there's also a lot of like nudity with the modeling and, you know, I don't know if it's probably as authentic before because, yeah, we see some very amazing models, but then we also see a lot of naked models. So maybe yes. that's why that association now comes with with that that you know they're not as educated why do they have to show their bodies all the time like can they not be modest i suppose but i think you know what modeling it's 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 about looking after yourself about looking after your body and if you have an amazing body and you are comfortable and it's done in a tasteful way 
and you are getting paid millions to do it. We've seen Naomi's and Imani's of this world yeah. once did mm. pictures when they were semi-naked or, or possible during the shoot, they could have been absolutely naked, but they know how to cover. I did one or two shoots where I wasn't fully clothed, but I never looked at it as nudity. I looked at it as the beauty of a beautiful woman. And, mm. and I think it's, it's, it's how that nudity comes across. There's nudity and there's porn properly kind of different things as well because sometimes if it's done nicely and you are covering here and there and it's, it's just showing this because i think a beautiful a black body is so beautiful in pictures so <laughs> so i always think that looks amazing i don't even look at other way so it depends on how it's done and for what purposes it's done for Mm-hmm. And for you, Langa, um, we're really celebrating African Women's Day, or maybe not African Women's Day, but Africa Day. Tell us what it means to you. I think you would know more since you grew up rural. Some of us grew up in urban areas, so you know. <laughs> but tell us what it means to be an African woman to you. And, you know, how can we stand up from the rest? I know people are fighting across diaspora for positions. And, you know, we don't have a lot of African women in leadership positions. We celebrated um, Barack Obama in America, but we haven't had a woman. Um, You know, so, yeah, even now there's an Indian man in the UK. In the UK, yeah. Um, And um, Indian... uh, women in america but you know africans what can we do even african women in politics like rarely are we getting presidents they're mostly men vice presidents are mostly men um in yes. business on stock exchange traded companies most of them once again they're men mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i remember when i was at forbes you know when i went there currently in Abu Dhabi, we were the only zimbabweans one two there were only there was only a zimbabwean and a nigerian that was it um, wow. wow! Yeah, everyone else was from America. Everyone else was from Asia or Australia. But yeah, just us Zimbabweans and Nigeria. That was it. Um, wow! Wow! Who participated? Mm. Yeah. I think I think we are we are selling ourselves short sometimes as mm. Africans, whether we're women or men, but in generally women. I think sometimes we don't allow ourselves to to get into the positions that can give us the influence we need. We don't collaborate enough to push forward as women, I think. And you just said it, you know, mostly we're coming from other countries and continents. And here we are with our young continent, because we are known as the young continent, meaning we have more potential than anyone else because we have the potential. Africa is is a continent of hope. And if for me as a young woman and young people in general, we need to take positions of influence so that we can shape um, our futures working in the continent and, in, and and the entire world, you know. But I think to be an African, Ubuntu has to come into it. We have to accept who we are, accept the good in us that we sometimes we don't even think we are good enough. 
you know we, we we don't even think we are good enough and yet when i look at it i'm like wow there's so much potential in our continent because it's the continent that has everything that the rest of the world needs so we need to appreciate that and understand why the africa day or we, we celebrate it why was it set up for that one voice to be able to love ourselves enough before someone else even starts. Because we, like I said, we, we sell ourselves short because we always look at certain uh, industries and say those are men dominated um, or, or we look at it and just want to do pro, uh, businesses that are only women that we think are associated with women. I don't believe that is true. I, I know you, Chieza, you are a farmer, a pig mm -hmm. farmer, for example. So you went into an industry where you, you knew you could make a difference, an industry that you knew needed more women. You didn't stop there and say, oh, I'm an accountant. Maybe let me just stop here. You went out of your, your, your way and said, I will do this because you can. I think we all need that I can attitude because we can. So Africa mm. has all that potential. And, you, you know, we need more positions and we can only make them ourselves. I don't believe that some, some of these positions being in the boards, being in, 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 in councils and things, we have to wait. We have to be. Let's find those positions and make them work for us as Black Africans, especially young um, women who are trying to, you know, to keep going because after all women are the heartbeat of a nation so we have so much to give we are just sort of sometimes maybe looking financial assistance but we do have opportunities out there and and we need to utilize the digital space as well and be more creative and know that the continent is huge and ready for women to really be in positions of of not I love that. I think you also touched a lot on Cheryl's book, Sam Greg's book, when she's talking about leaning in, creating okay. those spaces for ourselves. Because I think a lot of people are kind of waiting for the government to do something for us or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. another mm -hmm. woman to do something for us. Like, I know a lot of people complain. Like, I remember someone went on social media and bashed me for not assisting them, apparently. Um, oh wow! You know, but the way we post all of this is free content. We post on activities. It's like, what more do you want me to do? Yes. <laughs> so, yes. But so also, I, sometimes, Shetza, you can give so much information out there. What do mm -hmm. people do with it? They have to use yeah. it. But yeah. if you're going to just get it and keep putting it in and then waiting for something, a miracle of some sort, you're not going to go ahead. So you can do your part, which you are doing. But if someone is not going to use it, then what can one do? We need to push ourselves. Yeah, so I think, yeah. Langa, uh, maybe if you can also just give some advice to the younger listeners um, that are particularly finding it difficult after graduating mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. to get jobs or to find what they really want to do. Um, because I suppose they get very a lot of labels such as you guys are lazy mm -hmm. or, you know, how they can stand out, how they can create this very, I mean, navigate this very difficult world. But now it's very difficult. I mean, there's a global pandemic and things are just going off. So how can they stand out, especially young women in this competitive mm. environment? I mean, there's social media to market yourself differently, but 
I mean, how do you just cut through and just be exceptional? Okay. Do you know what? When you say you have graduated and this, it almost seems like someone just says, congratulations, then Mm. what? Because it's it's like you are lost. But I think whether you have been at the university or you have graduated from a college or whatever it is, I always say to people, be an eternal learner. Never stop learning and wanting to know. I know a lot of people say knowledge is power. Yes, it is. Yet I disagree. Knowledge is power only if you use it. Whatever you come across, it's knowledge for you to utilize. And I think people shouldn't box themselves and limit themselves on what they can or what they want to achieve. You know, I, for one, I can't even fit in a box. I'm too tall for that. So <laughs> so I know to, to be put in a box and say, I am this. And also, like I was saying, some people might say, oh, I've just done law. I've just done accounting. Let me stick to that. Try and find ways of getting out of that. Don't limit yourself. You know, be like someone, people always laugh at me when I say I really suffer from FOMO. I'm one of those people. That fear of missing out is so big on me. I don't want to miss out. And yes, I've graduated. Yes, jobs are hard to come by. But what else can you do? For as long as you have a brain and your hands, come on do something don't wait for opportunities to, to come right onto a lab you've got to work hard for it don't wait for that definitely definitely keep learning keep trying things out never stop the future is right in your hands and you did say yes there's digital space you can market yourself absolutely but think of other things Try and find gaps where you are thinking, oh, my God, this is not happening. And if you are on social media or on the online, you read so much about what's happening in other countries. Why don't you just not watch in other people's success and try and copy, emulate? What are they doing that's different from you? What is it that you have in front of you outside your door that you can do? Don't wait for the government. Don't wait for someone else to nudge you. You have the brain, go for it. Don't be left behind. As I said, Africa is young, so we are the leaders here. We are the future. So let's keep going as Africa. Let's keep going. How do we get all our Africans back to our African countries, Langa? We've got such a huge brain. (laughs) (laughs) No one wants to come back. (laughs) That's a tough one. You know, I decided to come back because I realized that I would never feel at home where I'm not at home. You know, I, I enjoyed the experiences I got while I was traveling, where I settled, absolutely enjoyed them. But what I really brought that professionalism, the way they look at things, the customer service, I copied that. I was like, this is what we need in Zimbabwe. Simple things like this we need in Africa. So I came back home. When I launched my brand, when I started my skincare cosmetics, I knew I needed to get certain things right from the word go. I knew the quality had to be top. I knew that the packaging had to look right. I knew that the message had to be right. But I didn't just make that. I learned from those in the Western world, I learned, I saw how they did things. So I came home and I was like, I've got to try. And we are all here trying our best under all the tough um, circumstances. But we keep moving because we have the love for our country. It will hurt me every time 
knowing I'm paying taxes, I'm, I'm sharing my brain and my creativity somewhere else and my country is lacking, that was eating me up. I had to come home and be part of my country's development, be part of my continent's development. So I needed to be part of it. I wasn't going to be left out. Like I said, I don't like being left out. So I decided to come <laughs> home and start making sense of whatever little I had, you know. So it, it, there is a lot, but I also think those outside in the diaspora, I think Home is not as bad as they, they, they think, actually, because when you are here, when you see opportunities, when you, when you struggle every day, but that struggle teaches you something else. Every day is, is, is difficult here in Zimbabwe, every day. But can we allow ourselves to just sleep and say it's difficult? No, we're not. We're just going to keep going, keep trying things, listening out. And for sure, sometimes there is help out there, you know, for it you have to position yourself you have to know how to market yourself you have to know how to be seen among everyone else you know i think we, we we need to come back home really we need people from the diaspora to come home and develop us and and share their knowledge whatever they've been learning out there we need it here we are ready for them we want them home <laughs> Langa, before we conclude with you can you just tell us about your businesses because i've realized throughout this conversation um you haven't told us your business your current businesses now and what led you to start those businesses because i know you you're doing a lot with local products as well yes um yeah okay um <laughs> yeah business has always been you know something that has been within me in that sense like i say i started my business my camera that my brother bought me and i started taking pictures and paying for it remember it was the day of no mobile phones or anything oh, like yes. that so that was my first business in that sense the only thing is i didn't know how to expand it i didn't have a business plan when, <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know how to invest i just spent my it made me realize that you can make your money as a woman or as a young girl. And I loved that stint. It actually helped me a lot. Um, what I'm doing now, wow. Uh, when I was modeling, really, I realized there wasn't um, makeup lines that catered for me and my dark skin. So, and I think it kind of affected me in a way to think I'm not that different. Um, why? So when I started, when I decided to, to do a skincare range or cosmetics, I knew I had to start with my skin first. I knew I had to dark skin um, first, not as an afterthought, because why was I looking different from the next girl and the other? For me, it, it was no brainer. I needed to cater for myself and bring confidence to the women that when they went to the uh, department stores, they'll get a foundation that doesn't suit them. And I was like, this is wrong in the 21st century. We need to be into, to enjoy our skins because they're beautiful. So I started a makeup line, which absolutely is a pro dark skin uh, brand. Yes, we have a few lines for white skin, but we really are about ourselves. And then we, we use African extracts in our skincare. 
um, beautiful things like Kalahari melon seed oil, Mongongo nut, you know, Zimania, all these are found within our spaces here in Zimbabwe. We don't even have to cross a border to get all these ingredients that we are using because I do believe we have enough the rest of the world comes in, they take our shea butters and mafura butters and all these Kalahari melon seed oils that grow very well in dry areas, which we are part of. And they go out there, they make the most amazing products, they bring them back to us. How much do we benefit very from expensive. that? Very expensive. They're very expensive. And do we benefit, do the communities that really have these ingredients benefit as much? I doubt that. I know for a fact that what I do, I put food on the on the table for a lot of families because of what I do. So, and it's staying within, it's staying within my continent, it's staying within my country. So I am so very proud of the uh, Langa Cosmetics. And I also do food because I, again, I do believe in our own beautiful continent. So most of our food we do at the Edge Cafe, is predominantly uh, grains like, uh, you know, millet and finger millet, sorghum and things like that, the mafundes of this world. I like them to be our mainstay because they are better for us. You know, we have so many illnesses in this, in, in this world and some of them are created or they come about because of the food we eat. I always think that food is the medicine that we can have. We don't have to be going to doctors every time because we are not well. Let's eat better. And that's the ethos of the Edge Cafe to try and give you the food that kind of builds your, 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 your cells, your, your body, your nutrition. It gives you something, fibers and things like that. We try and deliberately do things like that within our menu because we've realized there's a lot of illnesses that we can avoid self-made illnesses sometimes they call them lifestyle conditions don't they for a reason um i i can testify i've eaten at the edge beautiful natural food i've been using your foundation for like what the last two three years now yes um, <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> and i'm really really proud to be associated with you lana because obviously it's just amazing knowing that you've done so well to package a zimbabwean product and you're so passionate about zimbabwe um, I wish more people could hear your message and be as passionate as you are about Zimbabwe. So we are very grateful that you joined us to 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 actually just bring a breath of fresh air on our African continent this Africa thank Day. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much and happy Africa Day. Happy Africa thank you, Day. Lana. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Do you have any other advice? Uh, I think let's just be proud of who we are. It starts from our homes that we should be as young children. We need to know who we are. Let's not hide our Africanness. Let's not be shy about it. Let's not be embarrassed about it. It's beautiful. And some people always say, oh, what comes from the worst is better. No, what we have right here is the best and we should be proud of who we are. These countries, how many countries? 54 countries in the AU. It's because they realize that we need to be celebrated. We need to celebrate Ubuntu Betu. We need to be proud of who we are. And I am proud of being an African. I will never, ever try and be anything but 
and it takes a while, but it has to start from schools, from being at home, knowing that let's talk about who we are. Let's be proud of what we have. And yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm gonna stand as high as possible and say, that's who we are. We are Africa, Silobuntu, and may we continue to grow as a continent. Oh, lovely, wonderful wow. message. <laughs> thank you, Langa. Thank you, thank Thanks. you. Thanks, Langa. Happy Africa Day, everyone. The same to you, my darling. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye-bye.